The Illegal Underground Podcast, episode 34. On today's show, a note on legal usage. Is a lawyer or attorney? A review of the legal memoir, Double Billing, and a list of my podcasting influences. This is the Legal Underground Podcast, hosted by Evan Schaefer. One of the friendliest trial lawyers you're ever likely to meet, but hopefully won't have to. And now, here's Evan Schaefer. Greetings, podcasting early adopters. I'm Evan Schaefer, and this is episode 34 of the Legal Underground Podcast, the one in which you'll finally learn the answers to those philosophical mysteries that keep you awake every night. Does God exist, for example? And does he really hate Tim Henson of the Distorted View Show? Answers to those questions and more, all coming to you today in episode 34. Or maybe not. To tell you the truth, I'm not quite ready to go out on a limb about God, and certainly not on a podcast, although I do know that lawyers exist, and many of them think they're God, for what it's worth. As for Tim Henson, his Distorted View Show, which I've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast, won an important podcasting award recently. So congratulations to Tim. I keep saying it, but no one believes me. Tim Henson is a moralist. I'll have more to say about Tim later in the show. As for me, I'm no moralist. I'm just a lawyer. And I'm coming to you today from somewhere near St. Louis, Missouri. What's the Legal Underground podcast about? What I do is I take a few topics that interest me, And then I try as hard as I can to take them seriously. Which comes very easy, by the way, because I'm very serious about podcasting. Along the way, I throw in some music, which I try to keep up-tempo. It's my way of keeping you awake. And that's my podcasting formula. No promises, but no strings attached either. And no secret subliminal messages. Port reform is bad. Lawyers are your friend. Sue your neighbor. It might make you rich. Whatever. Let's talk about last week for a minute. It was a terrible week. I was working on a brief. Actually, three briefs. And I'm just barely finished with the first. Boring. But I do consider myself a bit of a writer. So I ought to be able to pull through. Do you want to know my secret for success, by the way? A secret that's applicable to any job in any organization? Learn to write well. It's something that will jumpstart any career. Not that I'm an expert or anything, but I have written some articles about writing. And just to prove that this show isn't 100% pointless, well, I'll link to some of those articles in the show notes. It's a good thing, too, since NBC has canceled Roy Black's show, The Law Firm, after only two episodes. And you'll be needing something to do on Thursday nights. So why not read about writing? Somehow, I don't think it's going to happen. But speaking of writing, let's begin the show with a quick note on legal usage. It's something that's frequently on my mind. The number of lawyers who insist on being called attorneys. It's true, isn't it? There's a lot of confusion these days over those two terms. Is it lawyer or is it attorney? Or both? Or neither? Here's the answer. Personally, I prefer to be called a lawyer because an attorney is nothing more than a lawyer who is trying to sound more important than he really is. I'm not joking either, but you don't have to take my word for it. No less an authority than Brian Garner, the author of A Dictionary of Modern Legal Usage, 
says that the words technically mean the same thing. The members of the legal profession, quote, like those in other walks of life, have long sought to improve their descriptive titles. Today there seems to be a notion afoot, Gardner says, that attorney is a more formal and less disparaging term than lawyer, close quote. And isn't that so true? There are plenty of lawyers who deny that they are lawyers at all. They flinch at the term because it sounds too much like trial lawyer or jailhouse lawyer or goddamn stinking lawyer. They flinch at the term and insist that you call them attorney because it sounds so much more important. Goddamn stinking attorney? It's hard to even imagine. So, to those lawyers who insist on being called attorneys, I say, get over yourselves. You're lawyers, you morons. While historically there may have been a distinction between the two words, long ago, a lawyer got to be an attorney once he had a client, or to put it another way, a lawyer was an attorney without a client. This distinction was never used except in the most refined writing, and it certainly isn't used today. What does it mean for you, my podcasting friends? It means that when a lawyer insists that you call him an attorney, you're dealing with someone who's got issues. Someone who's a little embarrassed that he went to law school and is licensed to practice law. Or someone who can't admit that he's no different from a lot of others who did. Or someone who, perhaps, is thinking about overcharging you a whole lot. As for me, you can call me an attorney if you want. But I'm not going to take offense if you call me just a plain old lawyer. In fact, I even prefer it. And that will conclude today's legal usage note. To tell you the truth, I included it in this show mostly for any law students who happen to be listening to this podcast. At least law students, as legal virgins, are still impressionable, still chaste and uncorrupted enough to get the point of my central message. Lawyers can be such asses, walking around with their shiny briefcases and their polished shoes and requiring that you call them attorneys. If you're a law student, be sure it doesn't happen to you. I'll have more to say about law students next week. An update on law student podcasts, for example, and probably some tips to getting and staying ahead in law school. Stay tuned. Ah, law students. Working their asses off for three years to become lawyers. It's expensive, it's difficult, and yet, there's an endless stream of willing participants. Bad public image or not, it seems that everyone is fascinated with lawyers. You've got movies about lawyers and TV shows about lawyers. You've got about a thousand legal thrillers only half by John Grisham. And for those who want to delve even deeper, you've got memoirs written by lawyers. You wouldn't think there would be much of a market for legal autobiography, but there are countless examples of the genre, extending back a hundred years. Today, I'm going to bore you with only one such example. The legal memoir that I'm thinking of is Cameron Straker's Double Billing, which was published in 1987. I missed it when it first came out, But then someone mentioned it in a comment on my weblog, so I took a look. I even read it. It's a good book. The story of a young lawyer fresh out of law school who goes to work in one of those giant New York City defense firms that pay so much money. The book actually was much better than I'd expected it to be. Much better written. As it turns out, the author, Cameron Straker, in addition to attending Harvard Law School, also went to the Iowa Writers' Workshop. So he's got writing credentials. And it shows in his book, as someone who also worked for a number of years in a large defense firm, I found double billing to be a good representation of the experience of a young law firm associate. It actually made me a little nostalgic for those days. Although, it wasn't supposed to. 
The point of the book is that Straker becomes demoralized with the big defense firm and quits. If you read it, keep in mind it's just one guy's experience, not a scientific study. Don't let it scare you away from big law firms entirely, which do have something to offer for some people. As for Cameron Straker, I did some research on him to see what he's up to now, and he's still in the law business, although his job title is a little different now. He's the professor of legal writing at New York Law School, and he writes for a number of big-name publications on the side. The Wall Street Journal, for example, the New York Times, the American Lawyer. He's also written a novel titled The Laws of Return, which I haven't read yet, but based on double billing alone, I'd say it's probably a pretty good read. That's it for Cameron Straker's books, as far as I can tell. Just those two. I think you ought to write some more. Isn't that why he went to the Iowa Writers' Workshop? Don't waste it, Mr. Straker. Entertain us! Let's just hope that Cameron Straker remembers not to entertain us in a podcast. Because podcasts, remember, are only for amateurs. Oh, podcasts. My wife and law partner, Andrea Lemire, listened to one of these shows. And she had a very specific criticism. You talk about podcasts too much, she said. But what she doesn't realize is that podcasters love to talk about podcasts. I also don't think that Andrea realizes that podcasting is a revolution. It's changing the world. All right, maybe you can't even tell, but I'm speaking ironically. Try as I might, I can't take podcasting all that seriously. It's why I'm a little embarrassed about that song I played at the end of my last show. Even calling these things shows, you know, is nothing but a great deal of podcasting overstatement. Anyway, that song I played last week on a podcast by the band Cruise Box, the one that's being called a podcasting anthem, well, I played it because I have to admit it's got a catchy hook. But it's just a novelty song, and even worse, it's delivered without a hint of irony. I'm from the generation that grew up on David Letterman and now watches Jon Stewart. And what I've learned from them is that taking things too seriously is just not cool. So I apologize if last week by playing the song on a podcast, I took podcasts too seriously. And I promise it will never happen again. Except only this once if you'll indulge me just for a moment. Because I do want to say a few things about the way I produce this show. For better or for worse, my production ideas are not original. I stole them all from two other podcasts both of which I mentioned on this show before and which I recommend to you again, Scott Fletcher's Podcheck Weekly Review and Tim Henson's Distorted View Show. I like the way that their shows sound and the way that they use music. And although I don't know exactly what software and equipment they use to put their shows together, I knew enough to know how to fake it. I'll put a link to their shows in the show notes so that you can check them out too. If you listen to Tim Henson's show, by the way, just remember that it's not for everyone. But as I said at the beginning of the show, Tim recently won an important podcasting award, Best Comedy Podcast, which he'll be accepting at the Podcast and Portable Media Convention in California in November. I won't be there myself, but let me tell you, if I was going, Tim would be the first podcasting celebrity I'd want to meet, even though he did chew out my wife Andrea on one of his shows, after I reported on this show that Andrea had called Tim a creep. Now, we don't all know each other personally, it's all just East Coast, West Coast, hip-hop style bravado. And I'm pretty sure Tim was joking about Andrea. Although I don't think that she was joking about him. It's all very complicated. And the second podcasting celebrity I would want to meet in California, by the way, is Scott Fletcher. But as I said, I won't be there. Because here's what I'm thinking. 
If California slides into the ocean in November, I want to make sure that I'm the one who stands to benefit the most at the Apple iTunes Music Store. I want to make sure, in other words, that I'm the only podcaster who's left. It's why if you have a podcast, I recommend that you make your reservations at once. All the podcasting celebrities are going to be there. Rob from Podcast 411, Don and Drew, Leo Laporte, and on and on. What am I going to be doing in November? I'll be working at my law firm, Schaefer and Lemire. And as I get ready to wrap up this episode, I want to say to those of you who think this podcast is nothing but a cheap ploy to advertise my law firm, not true. After all, who'd send a case to a lawyer because they heard him on a podcast? Not you, I hope, because you're smarter than that. You'd go to the guy with the biggest Yellow Pages ad, the two-page spread featuring the golden scales of justice. Or you might give Roy Black a call. I hear he's looking for work. And on that note, we'll end the show today. Remember that feedback is always welcome. You'll find my email address on my weblog, Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground, at www.legalunderground.com. If you like the show, please tell a friend about it and subscribe through the Apple iTunes Music Store for free. And thanks for tuning in. This has been the Legal Underground Podcast. For more legal education, visit Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground at legalunderground.com. 